Ladies and gentlemen, today is July 14th, 2020, and welcome back to episode five of the Mashing Joys podcast. Yes, yes, episode five is here, and I am your host, Cody Myers, also known as Mediocre Panda, and sitting across the interwebs from me, as always, is my co-host, my cousin, and my co-conspirator, Mr. Jason Kaysen. How's it going? Oh, it's going great, my friend. How are you? I'm great. Uh, quick shout out. Got a couple uh, couple birthdays today. Ooh. Uh, Han Solo and Indiana Jones. Happy birthday, Mr. Harrison Ford. Hell yeah. Happy birthday to him. I met him once. Did you? Yeah. Do I, tell. Uh, I wanted, I was living in the uh, absolute fucking desolate hellhole known as Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. working at a grocery store out there that i'm not going to name because uh, i'll probably get sued or something but it's one of three out there you can guess which one it is and um he came in like incognito with like sunglasses and a hat on and shit and my boss was just like is that fucking harrison ford i was like shit it fucking is and i served him like steaks or something and i wanted to like talk to him and like actually say hello and talk to him about shit but it was very terrible timing because it was the day after carrie fisher passed so i didn't want to bring anything up i just told him have a good day sir did you buy his steaks i didn't i would have i would have bought the steaks and been like r.i.p carrie you know prayers to to you and carrie's family we love you hon for real or I know. That's all you would have had to say. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Also, the day before, I was wearing a Star Wars shirt that I got for Christmas for the first time. And then I'm in like a Maverick or something. And then I'm looking at my phone and it's like, boom, Star Wars actress Carrie Fisher has passed away. And I was, I literally started crying in a Maverick and like ran out to the car. And I was like, babe, buy the fucking drinks. Like, I need to go like be alone. <laughs> Like it was always. bad. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Mediocre panda. Very lonely person. Someone be my friend, please. Um, but we've got some things to talk about today. Stuff that's been going on in the last couple of days in the video game sphere. A couple of big showcases. Uh, one of them being from a little company known as Devolver Direct. Or I guess Devolver Digital is their name. Devolver Direct was the name of their showcase. Fucking good job, Cody. Good start. All right. Um, And then also Ubisoft had theirs, which I'm sure people have heard about by now. Um, But we're going to start by talking about the greatest showcase of all time ever being Devolver Direct. Not even per se about the games that were announced. Although Devolver Digital, great company who's been putting out absolute slap games. The uh, Ollie Ollie series, the Hotline Miami series, a little game you may have heard of called Broforce they had a hand in. And they have also been doing like the Serious Sam games, things like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Brambo? Dude, Rambro. Rambro. Yeah, my apologies. Made uh, made your uh, your list. Your yeah, dude. My badass. honorable mentions because he's a badass. Yeah, it's a good game. F- phenomenal game. Had I not gotten it for free, I would have absolutely paid for it by now. But so they showed off some games, not nearly as many as you would think. Granted, they only had like a forty-five minute thing. But um. Let's dive into some of the games that they announced. Uh, They are doing another entry in the Shadow Warrior series, Shadow Warrior 3, after they kind of brought the series back from the dead. And that game, I don't know the, the Shadow Warrior series or anything like that. I'm just going based off of what I saw in the gameplay trailer. And this thing looks like Doom and kind of uncharted just like goofy 
like very bloody and gory like you would expect from a doom game but like the entire time the main characters just busting out one-liners and i'm like that's fucking funny like i might actually buy that game when it comes out <laughs> but from what i've heard they've been doing some really good things with the series and uh if there's a game maybe i go back and check out those I know, I think Shadow Warrior 2 is, like, pretty readily on sale for most, like, PlayStation and Xbox. That one came out, like, middle, like, 2015, right? Um, I think it came out, like, 2016. Really? Yeah, I think so. I can't remember. Um, but this one is coming out in 2021. Um, the next game we wanted to look at was from a, a Japanese studio that's being released through Devolver called Fall Guys, which is being released exclusively on Steam and PlayStation. Um, my show notes, you guys can't see them, but my show notes literally say as a bullet point, what the fuck? <laughs> and then Racing Battle Royale? So the gist of what I got from the trailer was there's 60 dudes or gals, whichever. Things. Yeah. And uh, they're like trying to race to a finish line over like obstacles and shit. And it's really weird. The only thing that makes me say Battle Royale is because in the trailer, they're like, from 60 players to one. It's like, mm, what the fuck is going on here? But the game looked silly as fuck, and I absolutely love that. <laughs> it actually reminded me of um, a game that I've played mobile. I can't remember... What the uphill run, I think is what it was called. It's very similar to that. It's just more obstacle coursey. Whereas uphill run is basically you're just, you know, 10 people trying to get to the top of the hill and things are being thrown at you and you have to dodge them and, and yeah. run up the hill. This is like, you know, you're, you're dodging things that are spinning and, and you, there's obviously more people, but um, it definitely looks, uh, it definitely looks intense. I'll put up a couple photos on the on the stream here but uh um i was looking up gameplay before uh we hopped on here and uh it it looks intense definitely yeah. a game that i'll be getting oh for sure dude we're gonna run that game <laughs> um let's see here they also talked about a game coming out on xbox pc and steam called carry on which is coming out on july 23rd by the way, for Fall Guys, we don't have a release date yet. Not that I saw, at least. But uh, Carry On's coming out July 23rd and is being launched on Xbox Game Pass. So if you have Xbox Game Pass and you're interested in this kind of 2D monster, almost Metal Gear-looking kind of deal, uh, you'll be able to play that for free with your subscription. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's like 2D, 16-bit, like, Almost like if you were playing an alien game from the perspective of alien, where you're just like creeping around through the ship and absolutely murking fools. And it looks pretty sweet. And uh, the, the showcase was really funny because they had a dude in like a costume of the, of the monster. And he did like a split screen reveal with Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox. Oh, nice. It was so funny, dude. That's funny. Even, even if you're not interested in the games, I'd highly recommend you go watch Devolver Direct for the past two years. Because they have like a storyline throughout the whole showcase. That's really funny. And uh, they're very self-aware. The entire time they're like, these fucking gamers don't care about the game. They just want hype thrown in their face so they can soak up every little tidbit of speculation and leaks that come out and then they'll blast through the game and no one will give a shit. It's like, true. Wow, you hit that one a little on the nose, Devolver. Yeah. 
I actually just saw IGN uh, put out uh, Fall Guys gets August release date shooting for August 4th. Ooh, very soon then. Only in like four weeks. Which, I mean, hell yeah, I'm all about it. Hell yeah, brother. Um, They also talked a little bit about Serious Sam 4, which had already been announced, and they already announced a leak. Uh, release date kind of August 2020 it's coming out on Steam and the uh, Google Stadia that everyone has <laughs> so if you have a Stadia play Serious Sam 4 and tell me about how much you want in a console PlayStation <laughs> yeah because <laughs> the Stadia is just like, ugh. oh yeah that thing's that thing is um as the kids say, atrocious. Yeah. I'd rather buy Soldier Boy's console than a, than a Stadia. <laughs> but yeah, it's more serious Sam antics of kind of aliens and big-ass fucking weapons. Kind of looks like Duke Nukem to me. And Duke Nukem still hurts. Duke Nukem Forever was so bad. Um, I feel bad that I can't really say anything else about Devolver Direct at all. It really just kind of needs to be watched. And we don't have a whole lot of information about some of these games. And plus there are a lot of franchises that I'm just not super familiar with, like Shadow Warrior. And I played a little bit of one of the Serious Sam games, but it just wasn't really my cup of tea. And that was pre-Duke Nukem, so I should have seen it coming. But uh, that's just about it for Devolver Direct. And then we can get into the, the one that everyone's talking about, uh, Ubisoft's showcase, Ubisoft Forward. Uh, they did a little thing before, because I, I watched the whole IGN video that they did of the stream, and it was four fucking hours long of them just like showing trailers that we've already seen. And then um, they did a thing about Trackmania, which is a really cool racing game that they do. In case you played, uh, you probably played the Track uh, Trackmania, whatever it was called that came out on the PlayStation. Turbo or whatever. Turbo, yeah, Trackmania Turbo. I played a trackmania nations forever that was i think it's still free on steam really fun game really cool driving and plus i love all the rankings like you can rank yourself by like country and then the world and how fast you are at the game so they did a little bit on that and on the like uh course design and things like that because they have a course builder and then they talked a little bit about some updates that were coming out for uh ghost recon breakpoint and Just Dance 2020, Man. and yeah, games that have been out, which we're not here to talk about. We're here to talk about the future, the future's future, future, future mask off. Yeah, he's got like 50 kids. Yeah, him and uh, Luda, and Amari, yeah, and Antonio Cromarty. Yeah. And uh, Philip Rivers. Oof. <laughs> Rivers were all with one woman, so. Yeah, that's true. Still a lot of kids. Yeah. Shout out to Martha Stewart for absolutely fucking wrecking Ludacris on the roast of Beaver about his fucking kids. Yep. She got uh, him. Yeah. Got him. And also probably spiked revenue in her uh, super absorbent martha stewart bed linens as she said 100 (laughs) percent. but that was the uh that was the pre-show for ubisoft forward the stuff about the video games not about luda um and then they got right into it real fast with a watchdogs legion thing which is like what i tuned in for was watchdogs legion because i wanted to see if we'd get a new release date which we did, which we will get to. Uh, it started off with a short film. It was like a legit short film. 
I think it was done in game engine. Uh, but they got like a director to actually like do it and set it in the setting of Watch Dogs Legion and add some of the characters. And um, it kind of just reinforces everything we know. Um, London came under attack from a terrorist and a, a private military firm, Albion, were kind of tasked with restoring order. But the head of Albion wants to make sure he stays in control and it's just a power vacuum at that point. And also there's a little group called the Ke- uh, the Kelly clan who runs all the black market operations, human trafficking, drug dealing, all that kind of naughty things. And you're tasked with recruiting whoever, whenever, wherever, anyone, literally anyone in the game can be uh, recruited to your cause to dead sec whether it be uh, an old lady or an MMA fighter, do you, the promo footage, they love the old lady. I have not seen a single promo for this game where they have not thrown in just this old codger who's just beating the shit out of people. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> but you can also like recruit Albion people. It'll be harder to do because they're like naturally against you. But if you pull a few favors for them, you can get them on your side and recruit them to dead sec. And this game just looks so good. It looks so good. Oh my God. October 29th cannot come soon enough. That is right. October 29th is our official release date now of Watch Dogs Legion when it was supposed to be out in March. But then the whole Rona thing happened and I don't know if the game wasn't ready or whatever. Um, but delayed indefinitely, and now it is coming out in October. Woo! It's exciting. I'm not a huge Watch Dogs fan, but I know that there's a lot of people that are. Um, and, you know, I know how hyped you are, so that's uh, it's exciting. Yeah. If you've never played a Watch Dogs game, I highly recommend playing Watch Dogs 2 because Watch Dogs 1 is – it's not great. It's just not very great at all. And I own it on like three different platforms, two of which I got for free. But Watch Dogs 2 definitely carries more of the vibe of Watch Dogs Legion. So it's a nice little kind of buffer in. And they're adding a lot of stuff with Legion, like the whole recruiting thing and all that to where you can get people on your side and play as them and they get put into the cut scenes there. You're not necessarily just like one player, like how you see in some games where if you have like changeable skins, like in um, one of the Batman games was pretty bad about it. Anytime you got into like the big pre-rendered cut scenes, it would change back to like his default costume. And then when you came out of it, you'd be in whatever skin you had on. So this one, it's literally whoever you have, whatever they're wearing, that's in the cutscene, which I like. Uh, Then they showed off some mobile stuff, including announcing a new mobile game, Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, which uh, I have no idea what kind of game this is. It kind of looks like they might be trying to do like the COD mobile thing. Because COD Mobile got very popular. And uh, it's going to feature a lot of characters from several of the Tom Clancy franchises. You see in the trailer, you see uh, quite a few Rainbow Six operators in there from Siege. Right at the end, uh, the one and only Sam Fisher from Splinter Cell shows up. So um, what I've seen, the reception of this game is... Tom Clancy's rolling in his grave. Give us a new Splinter Cell. (laughs) Nobody wants this. They just want a new Splinter Cell game. So the Sam Fisher thing was kind of a cock tease. But I don't know. They uh, they have pre-signups or notifications set up to where you can download the game. It's coming out on iOS and Android. That's really it for that one. (laughs) The, when when did the last Splinter Cell come out? 
Um, I think was that conviction, which was mm-hmm. in the only one I remember was like well blacklist or something. Yeah, I think it went blacklist and then conviction. Because I think yeah. blacklist was the last one that I played. Um, blacklist was the last one I came out. Okay. When, 2013. Okay. I knew the last one came out in 2013. So, so it's been a while. Conviction came out in 2010. Oh, okay. So it's been about seven years since a Splinter Cell game came out. Yeah. And that's when it comes to stealth games, there are really like three franchises that come to mind Metal Gear Solid, Hitman, and Splinter Cell. Not Assassin's Creed? No. no. It hasn't been around as long. All three of those franchises have been around for decades. Plus Assassin's Creed, especially in the latest ones, uh, haven't been the best. Like at all. Anywhere resembling it. But And plus the fact that they change characters like every fucking game is a little a little much and a little hard to stay connected to a franchise that's constantly changing and i say changing not evolving on purpose because they didn't really start to evolve the gameplay or anything like that or the cutscenes or gameplay or the mechanics until black flag and that was the fifth game in the franchise sixth game so, but we'll talk more about Assassin's Creed here in a minute. Uh, what really caught the world by storm was a little game called Hyperscape that they announced, which is a battle royale game because the world needs more of those. Mm-hmm. There's not 15 million of them roaming around already. But this one seems a little cool. They're doing some cool shit with it. Um, so this, they announced it. I don't know if it was kind of out of nowhere. I didn't hear about it beforehand. But um, they announced it and said, uh, beta's out right now. They have a free beta out on PC only. I don't know if this is going to stay PC only or if it's going to come to consoles eventually. But they did like a whole like 30 level battle pass for free on it. And it's it's nuts. Twitch Rivals is already doing a fucking tournament in it today. I was trying to watch it earlier, but my internet was being shite. But um, basically this game, there's a little bit of lore behind it. Apparently set a distance in the future, 2054. World has collapsed in the the shadows of these giant mega cities and a little company called Prisma Dimensions creates a, uh, they create the matrix is what they do. And they call it the hyperscape. And in the hyperscape, they have a little competition called crown rush, which is a battle Royale. Go figure 99 players kill all these people. And then you get, money or power or whatever and um apparently the underlying lore of it all is that people are actually getting hurt people are going missing in the real world that are participating in it so it seems like this is going to be a they're actually going to have a story kind of like apex where there's a reason there we're here there's a reason we're doing all this and that kind of opens the door for more content down the road when the Full game releases. But it looks cool as shit. Yeah, uh, what I saw it before um, before the whole Ubisoft event, like literally like an hour before it was released. And it was just like clips of, of the presentation that they made mm-hmm. during the Ubisoft event. And it was it was cool. It reminded me a lot of uh, the movie Ready Player One. Um just kind of like the the storyline of you know there's this escape but 
it's kind of affecting the real world as well. Um, and like people die the same way, like, you know, in Apex or, or Call of Duty, you, your character dies. Like if you were to die when you get shot, but this is like, you know, you like pixelate away mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, this is you really being, you know, put into this, this hyper scape world. Um, and then you kind of just like disappear from it when you die instead of um, like your character actually dying. So it was kind of cool. I, I like the, I like the concept. Obviously, BR Battle Royale games are extremely popular right now thanks to Fortnite, um, and everyone's trying to put their own twist. Um, you know, Fortnite has the building. That's what makes Fortnite Fortnite um, and the crazy following because it was um, one of the first ones to really take off. Mm. Um, and then you have, you know, Call of Duty just has the Call of Duty um, atmosphere is what makes it. Um, super popular and then apex like you said with the story mode and you know this is going to kind of have a little bit of everything um, and and it's going to be kind of a different twist so it'll be interesting when it comes out i'm very excited for this one i think out of all the games uh, that were announced at the ubisoft event um, aside from one that we're going to cover a little later this one would be my number two most yeah um, and they, they have some cool things going for it that I tried to get involved in when I was trying to watch the, the Twitch Rivals tournament. But I, like I said, my internet was being absolute dog shit. So it wasn't letting me. Um, but they have special ability pickups, which they call hacks in the game, which let you uh, – you can teleport. You can build, like, walls. You can uh, put yourself in a ball and just, like, bounce down the fucking road. <laughs> which is really funny and i could foresee that being some really sick clips of someone like just bouncing up super high jumping out 360 no scoping people that'd be super tight but the thing that catches my eye the most about this is a little thing that they're doing with twitch they've added an extension to where if uh, someone has their ubisoft account linked with the game i think this is how it works like I said, I haven't really seen it in action at all. But like if a streamer has their Ubisoft account linked to Twitch and they're playing in a lobby, they can – a little Twitch extension will pop up and you link your account with it. And then at random points, they will have a vote in the chat. And you vote for whatever like modifier you want. There will be like three modifiers. And after the time on the vote expires, whichever has the most votes – will directly impact the game. So like we see in the gameplay trailer, the extension comes up and they vote. And the one that wins is like a low gravity mod to where everyone's like jumping super high and shit. Like that's really cool having something outside the actual game that makes you have to adjust on the fly like that. I think that's really cool, but I could also see that being super fucking annoying if you're trying to get like competitive with it well it's just like in ready player one they do the same thing when they have the race and then the people watching can like close the close the roadways off so they have to go like a different direction um mm. yeah I, I i when i saw that i was like oh that's a really cool idea especially for um when you're when you're starting to include streamers um like especially for us you know that that's kind of the the big reason why we're doing this podcast is is creating a platform uh, for a profession that not a lot of people um, see as a profession, and for a gaming company to develop a portion of their game to um, kind of present that is pretty cool. Yeah, it's super sweet, and the game is very very artsy. I like the art style to it very high mobility it looks like a lot of uh jumping around and sliding and all this shit i think there's like little jump pads you can go off of that like shoot you crazy far kind of like octane's jump pad in apex legends and it looks like something right up my alley personally uh if this ever gets onto console i'm for sure gonna play it and I'm trying to get my computer to work with me here. And I'll just download it on PC and try it out. There you go. So that looks super cool. Hyperscape, definitely a game that I think has the potential 
to be kind of the next hit br um next to fortnite and apex and warzone all the ones that are that have all the traction right now because uh we haven't heard from PUBG in a while whatever happened to that game don't know don't care um next up on their list was a game from a series hey assassin's creed we were going to talk about that assassin's creed valhalla because vikings because they they haven't done all the eras of history yet yeah that was actually hearkening back to the the devolver thing they're talking about how everyone's doing these showcases and stuff um and they're like yeah, Ubisoft just announced another Assassin's Creed set in 1961 rural Indiana. Like, <laughs> like they're just throwing all these random fucking time periods out. But the Viking setting is really cool. That's what we said about pirates, though. Yeah, that's true. And also Romans. Yeah, and also Egyptians. And also, what else have they done? Literally everything yeah. right now, except Vikings, apparently. The revolution, the, the American I, revolution. Yeah, except when I saw when I saw that Valhalla was Vikings, I was like, I feel like they already did that. And then I looked through all the games, I was like, oh, they didn't. So it goes to show you how many games they made to where it just all starts getting drowned out and you don't even know. But yeah, um, I think it'll be it'll be cool because it'll eventually be on the ps5 and that's gonna kind of you know maybe draw some people back in especially when the systems first launch i mean realistically we talked about this when when we talked about the systems but realistically you know when these systems come out most of the games that you're gonna have are just gonna be um you know replacements of your ps4 games it's not gonna be something that's brand new out on the shelf um Obviously, PlayStation has a lot more exclusives, but not all the exclusives are at launch. So, yeah. a lot of your games are going to be, um, you know, re-downloads onto the new system where you buy the, the PS4 edition, get to play it for a couple months, and then you get the PS5 one for free. I mean, I know for me, I'm going to have like four uh, sports video games that are going to be ready for my PS5 once I buy it, because all the PS4 ones are going to come with free PS5 copies. So, to not have a lot of games on the shelf to pick, but you want to play your PlayStation five, it might bring some people back uh, to the Assassin's Creed franchise. Kind of cool that it's been, you know, on the PlayStation three, the PlayStation four and the PlayStation five. Yeah. And uh, I think this was when Phil Spencer shows up in this presser too. Crazy. Uh, And I think he said that this was also going to be a game that is supported by Xbox's smart delivery, which is what they've named their thing where, when a game gets released on the Xbox one and you buy it, if you get the series X, you're going to get the upgrade for free, which I think is really cool. They have apparently come out and told their developers like, Hey, you should do this. Like it's only going to help in the long run, Mm -hmm. making games a bit more accessible while also appealing to the community instead of just being like, give me money, Bethesda. Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but uh they've showed off some stuff which we've come to kind of expect from the assassin's creed series uh for the last couple entries now they've let you choose between a male and a female character uh and in this one i've heard that they are switchable so they are the essentially the same character but i think i guess you can switch between them which is kind of cool and make a 2020 joke but it's fine um they also added some stuff to their combat which i think is awesome they've added uh basically you can dual wield whatever the fuck you want if you want uh two like yeah two flails go for it they showed in the trailer like you want to hold two shields fuck it bro do it do you and they showed combat of this chick just going hard with two shields and i was like that looks really fucking cool and they also added a thing that's kind of shown up a lot in um, in a lot of more recent combat-heavy titles, such as God of War and uh, Spider-Man and 
uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. They've added a stun system where I guess if you hit enough, if you hit an enemy enough time, it'll put them into a stun and you can hit like special moves on them and stuff and get sweet insta kills. And that looks really cool and kind of breaks. Granted, I have not played an Assassin's Creed. I will be fully honest here. I've not played an Assassin's Creed game since Assassin's Creed 3, which wasn't the best. It was fine, but it wasn't the best. And I I have a couple of them that I just haven't played that I got for free. Woo woo. But this game, if done right, if it I'm gonna wait, I'm not gonna buy it at release. I will say that right now. I'm not buying it at release. I'm gonna wait and see how it does at launch. I'm gonna see what people actually say about the game, see if there's any crazy fucking bugs, if make sure the game's playable before I spend my $60 or $70 on it. Um, but it takes place in uh, starting off in Norway, these Vikings invading England. Looks really cool. And they have the, the long boats that you just kind of ride around in. And uh, as you're going down through these rivers and across the shore, you can find new villages and you can just go fucking raid them shooting like flaming arrows into their dead plant buildings and just light them all on fire. Literally like what you would see in a movie. Just like flaming arrows coming out of the sea, just burning down whole villages. That's awesome. And uh, you take the resources from those villages and you build your own settlement. And in that settlement, as you get more things built, you get new unlocks, new upgrades, and it's another way you can progress your character, which looks really cool. And I think that's a nice change of pace. Granted, I have not played any of the new ones. So I don't know if this is a thing that's like, yeah, you fucking idiot. We've been doing this for like five games now. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just don't play your games anymore. But from how they made it sound is it sounds like it's a brand new thing. And it looks really cool. And fucking brutal. Holy shit. The combat looks crazy. And I love it. It's Vikings, so. Yeah, I would hope so. They're like throwing axes, like. Just like throwing five axes into one person. (laughs) We get it. They're dead. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Let them die. It's like teabagging someone in Call of Duty after you kill them. Not only are you asserting your dominance, but you're also letting them know you just fucked them up. But uh, that game is scheduled to release on November 17th. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's the end of my uh, show notes. Oh, wait, no, I've got to scroll down so we can talk about um, the greatest game ever. Oh, Ubisoft made Spider-Man? No, second ah. second. hopefully, yeah, hopefully. Not. So, um, after leaks like three days before the event, um, they officially did the reveal for Far Cry 6. Boom, which is a game Jason's been talking a lot about recently. If you've been hey, listening hey. to the show, and also, uh, just throwing this out there in a little tangent after we talked about our favorite video game badasses and i re-listened to our top tens for the uh top 10 current gen video games i went on the playstation store and i was like oh there's some games on sale let's see what they have and they had far cry 3 and 4 on sale so i bought both of them for like six bucks because i was like jason's been talking these up I guess I'll need to go back and play them because I never played these ones. I went straight to five, which was a good game. I liked that game. This game is a fucking movie, bro. And I don't, I don't mean that like the kids these days are like, bro, life's a movie. We're going to make this thing a movie. 
No, this this it literally looks like a movie. They have Giancarlo Esposito as the main bad guy. And if you don't know that name, uh, Breaking Bad, Better yeah. Call Saul, Mandalorian, yeah, uh, kind of a big deal. Yeah, he is a very talented actor who's been in wonderful things, and you know that's a stark contrast to someone who's been in great things but is a terrible actor like Ethan Hawke. Had to throw the Ethan Hawke joke in there. Fuck like that guy. That's like a podcast staple. Fuck that guy. Fuck Ethan yeah. Hawke shirts coming soon. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> but he seems to be like a a dictator, kind of like how uh, Fidel was. Mm-hmm. Like very militarized and like people are going to hate me, but fuck it. Yeah. Definitely politically charged Yeah, uh, as far as this game goes. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they put the setting and um, and everything together. You know, what makes a good Far Cry game is the villain. Um, you know, there hasn't been, like, if you, like, F- Far Cry Primal. Far Cry Primal was an actually, it was actually a very good game. It just didn't get all the hype because the story mode didn't follow the Far Cry style story. Um, it had the hallucinogens, shocker, because um, every Far Cry has that. But it was, you know, it was more like you versus nature than it was you surviving versus a bad guy kind of thing. So, um, whereas like, you know, Far Cry 5, you're, you're basically running from a crazy family. Uh, Far Cry uh, 4, you're running from a, you know, psychopath. Um, and then Far Cry 3, you're also running from a psychopath. And it's just the villains make those games. So um, to take the jump from Far Cry 5 to Far Cry 6, how do they make it better? Because the gameplay itself, they've perfected as far as the Far Cry world goes. Um, So how do you make it better? You bring in a stellar actor who can really take this villain to the next level. Now, here's the problem. One of two things are going to happen. One Esposito isn't a good fit for the game and it it takes away from the character itself. And then far cry kind of has to start over if they want to launch a seventh game in this series, or he absolutely kills it. And then far cry seven, they're going to have to one up it and they're going to be looking for actors for the rest of the the game series. So um, I'm hoping it's the latter and I'm hoping that they find um, more actors to get involved and who knows maybe Esposito kills this and then people start looking like hey look at this guy he's an accomplished actor look what he's doing as far as a story game uh, maybe you know that's the future for our acting um, who knows so um, I'm very excited this is once this game was announced and it was like official because it was all rumored um, once it was actually made official and photos started leaking and then this whole um showcase happened um got me super amped unfortunately the game doesn't come out until february 18th um so i'm gonna have to wait even longer however uh still super stoked and i'm gonna make sure that every game that comes out before that is beaten so i can focus solely on far cry 6 on the new console yes um i wonder if maybe they'll have some sort of co-op-y deal. Because I know in Far Cry 3, they had that like whole co-op campaign. Mm-hmm. And if they did that, we'll mob down together. Mashing Joys takes Mexico. Heck yeah. But um, since you are such an aficionado in the Far Cry series, let me ask you, is there anything you can think of off the top of your head having played... Uh, the majority of the games in the series that you can think of functionality wise that they could add to this game to make it stand out, stand apart and be better than past installments. Um, I like, they kind of started doing it in far cry five, but um, not having a scripted um, militia, Because I think every game, you know, they'll have their own version of a militia. And the militia is in the same spot on the map. So, like, you can finish the levels 
and you know you fight through that militia to get to the level you pass the level then you kind of come back and if you make your way back around that map that militia is still there and then you have to fight that militia off again i think if you could like if it if it wasn't um so robotic if they could make it more randomized and actually make it to where if you take over far and and the reason why i said far cry 5 started doing it is you could take over militia posts so like if you pass this militia post on your way to this level and you took out the militia, you claim that post. So now that post has, you know, all of your, your, uh, whatever you want to call the people that followed you or you could buy your guns and buy vehicles and do all that Mm -hmm. stuff. It became your post. Now I wish they would do something like that, but not to where it becomes your post, but just becomes an area that, you have already conquered and the militia aren't there. Maybe, you know, a couple of militiamen come out and just try to see what happened. And then, you know, you have to fight those two guys cause they moseyed their way back over, but making yeah. it more randomized and not so structured. I think that would make it even better because once you start playing the game a lot, especially when you go through the game multiple times, you can start avoiding certain areas. Like I've beaten multiple far cries where, you know, I haven't even ran into groups of militia more than once. You know, the first time I played it, I did. And the second time I never saw them again. Third time I never saw them again. Cause I just never went to that area of the map. There was nothing that I needed to conquer. There was nothing in the area. It was just the route I was taking the very first time I crossed paths with them. Um, I, I wish it was more based on how you're attacking the story rather than it's the story and how you attack it kind of thing. Gotcha. But aside from that, I, I mean, they really attack everything. They, it has the the style of the game is very similar to Spider-Man, where you you know you take over. There's multiple posts. This post grants you uh, map vision. This post grants you um, you know a, a backpack to carry more things or whatever. Um, you know you can do the side missions to build your character up to then finish the main mission. Um, so really good concept it obviously works in multiple games um but to try to throw some different things in there um especially since it's taking so long to develop the game and they're putting all this effort into it that'd be one small tweak that could really put this game over the edge yeah and the game looks fucking beautiful granted we have not seen any in in engine footage we've only seen the pre-rendered cutscenes, but the the cinematic they showed at the conference really helps establish uh, Esposito's character as just a fucking tyrant and also a little bit of a madman because he just comes in and he's like, oh, hey, kid, what are you doing? Oh, that's fucking pointless. Here's a grenade, pulls the pin. He's like, hold on to that. Follow me. And then he's, like, walking through him, giving him his whole, like, I'm an evil dictator. Fuck all these people, spiel. And then he's just like, so what are you going to do with that grenade? Like, you've given the kid one option. Yep. <laughs> and there's a crowd of people below you. I think I know what he's going to do. And they kind of, like, teased it. And like, you kind of see, like, his fingers start to release the grenade. And it's like, Oh, fuck. Okay. This guy's a little... Welcome to Far Cry. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but I... Out of the games that I've played and the experience that I've had playing the Far Cry games, it's just... That's absolutely a staple of the series, and it's something I always look forward to in a new installment is the villain. Because I know I was... I started right after we finished our last episode. I downloaded Far Cry 3 and started playing it immediately. And like you start the game and they're like, oh, cutscene, we're having fun. And then you're in a cage and then Voss is just right there being a fucking psychopath. And I'm like, this is great. I love this actually. (laughs) Yep. Their villains make the games. And I think that's, that's what's going to set them. That's what's going to set them over the edge. If Esposito kills this, like everyone anticipates, Far Cry 6 will, will probably be near the top of the Far Cry list. Yeah. And then we can look forward to the forecoming expansion that they do, mm-hmm. as they've been doing. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm sure that'll be very fun to put a little spin on whatever story they're trying to tell here. Yep. But that game, as you alluded to, comes out February 18th, the year of our Lord, 2021. And that's not all from Ubisoft, folks. We don't get any more game announcements. But they did say that they are doing a second showcase later this year. I'm assuming as we approach the anticipated release dates of the new generation of consoles, probably somewhere in the October range, um, which I have in my notes as Ubisoft Forward to Electric Boogaloo. So that's probably when we'll start to see a bit more gameplay footage of Far Cry 6. That's when maybe we'll get another announcement on the future of Hyperscape. And maybe we'll get some more information on Tom Clancy's Elite Squad. And most likely more information on uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine, which is a game we touched on in episode one. Mm Mm-hmm. So Ubisoft, great fucking showcase. They also showed some deep dives with some of the development teams showing they truly have a passion for the games that they're putting out. And for the most part, it shows. There have been some hiccups here and there with like the release of their first Watch Dogs game and some of the more recent Assassin's Creed titles. But they, they really showed how much they care about the IPs that they're developing on And I think, I don't think, going back through our show notes here, I don't think there's a single game that they announced that's going to be bad. I think they're all going to be at least good, borderline great. I don't think, I mean, obviously they have every opportunity to drop the ball, but I don't think they will. I think these games are going to be staples of the beginning stages of the next generation of consoles. I mean, in the first, well, we'll say four months of the next gen consoles, we're going to have one, two, three, four Ubisoft titles, big Ubisoft titles right at the beginning. Obviously the only company that's going to even come close to rivaling that is ea Mm. but they own everything so i'm not surprised there but overall really good showcases really good footage shown um devolver had a really great story ubisoft had really good uh game uh announcements and really good footage shown it got me excited and willing to talk about their games. I mean, obviously, yeah. we touched a little bit on Watch Dogs Legion in episode one. We talked, I think we talked about Valhalla for a split second. We just didn't know too much about it. But Hyperscape caught fire and just kind of started soaring. Uh, Elite Squad is a thing. Uh, Far Cry 6. As we've been talking about Far Cry a lot recently, I thought it was great timing that they announce a new game. So, really excited for that. And that kind of wraps that up. Yeah. The only other big news was uh, the rumor that, uh, or not rumor, um, Sony passed a patent for... Uh, backwards compatibility for the new console Um, apparently it sounds like a bigger deal than what it is um, because all of this has to be passed before the console comes out just like you know in sports right now the Washington Redskins are going through their their whole rebranding and they can't announce the the new team yet until all of the trademarks are made phrases uh, secondary logos um, you know abbreviations all that um, same thing with Sony. Sony has to basically dot all their I's, cross all their T's before the system can be fully released. However, the details in this patent were a little more, um, uh, they weren't as 
condensed. There was a lot in it. So every the rumor is that this is going to allow Sony to branch out more and allow more games to be backwards compatible, whether that goes into action right off the bat or if it goes into action a couple you know years down the road. Uh, some are speculating that the digital version will come with some PS1, PS2, PS3 digital games at launch that you can play on the new console. Um, some of the rumors were little titles, nothing crazy, um, but one that was rumored because the studio was putting together a rendering was Cool Borders, which would be dope. That would be awesome. But um, there's there's a lot of everything's speculation and rumors right now. Um, you know, the, I forget what Japanese con uh, company it was, but they saw the patent and obviously the patent was not in English. Um, and they translated everything and they broke down what it says, what it means. Um, and then they were the ones that also broke the story that this isn't abnormal. Uh, this is something that a lot of consoles are doing. Um, some consoles do it beforehand because they know right off the bat that this is what they want their console to be able to handle is backwards compatibility. And that's what they ran into with the PS3 was not having certain patents to where um, Asia markets were still selling PlayStation 2 games. And because of that, American markets and European markets couldn't. So they couldn't make it backwards compatible for most PS2 games because they were still, they have like a, a top selling list and if that game is on that list, then it can't be transferred over. So obviously a lot of popular PS1, PS2 titles are going to be on those lists. Therefore, Sony couldn't sell them in the States or in Europe. So that's why it wasn't backwards compatible. So being that there's way more games out, there's more that they can do with it. There's some games that they can kind of um, bring back from the dead and allow just like we talked about you know there's not going to be a lot of titles right at launch so allowing players to enjoy the new console but at the same time reminisce on uh, great games that have been coming out through playstation over the years is exciting even though it's not set in stone yet still a good rumor to follow and, and we'll keep tracking it and have more for you guys um, as the year progresses yeah Looking forward to it, as we know, and we touched on before, Xbox is putting out their big, uh, they have their big Play Anywhere initiative where they want you to be able to play uh, any of their games on any console. Obviously, older games on newer consoles, not vice versa, because that would just be some future shit yeah, that impossible. I don't know about. <laughs> um, and PlayStation has always been a little bit um, behind the curve on that. With the, uh, as you said, the PlayStation 3, there was only a, like the original launch model that could be backwards compatible with PlayStation 2 games. Mm -hmm. And after that, they were gone. Yep. So, um, it, what I'm saying is if any of you have one, feel like sending it, uh, email us at mashingjoys at gmail.com and uh, send it to us because that would be so sick. <laughs> no. Yep. But, Good news all around to hear that PlayStation's making some strides, you know, trying to get their due diligence done so we can have something to talk about and things to be excited about more so than we already are. They're doing the exact opposite of Will Smith. Yep. It's very true. T's and P's to that family. Yeah. They got some stuff to figure out. Mm-hmm. Speaking of stuff to figure out, back to our initial joke at the beginning, uh, 32 kids before those, uh, with all four of those guys that we talked about combined, Philip Rivers, Antonio Cromartie, Future, and Ludacris, there are 32 kids combined. By the way, not just 32 kids, but there's also like 13 moms. <laughs> Four dads, 13 moms, 32 kids. What do you get? The greatest Mashing Joys episode to date. It's true. Here's my question for you. I need you to do the math on this. Mm -hmm. um, how many kids do the athletes have to the Cromartie and Rivers? And how many kids does Future and Luda have? Uh, Future and Luda have 10 together. 
So 22 between Rivers and Cromarty. Cromarty has 14 kids. 14 kids, 10 moms, eight moms, <laughs> six. It's an alarming number. It's an alarming number. And then Rivers, obviously, eight kids with his wife. Um, and then Future has six with like two baby mamas. And then Luda has three or four with three different baby mamas or something like that. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying is that Rivers should have just a, a couple more kids and we can get cheaper by dev- cheaper by the dozen three yeah. starting Philip Rivers' family versus Antonio Cromartie. Yeah, exactly. Hollywood, you can have that one for free. <laughs> Maybe not for free. Maybe not for free. Maybe just like put me in the movie or something. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll commentate the competition between the two. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Mashing Joyce hits Hollywood. Boom. There it is. That's our that's our idea. It's gonna end up looking like Jay and Silent Bob strikes back, but fucking <laughs> We can only hope. Yeah, right. <laughs> Praise be the Lord, Kevin Smith. <laughs> um but yes, as said, another wonderful episode of Mashing Joys just about in the books time to do a little bit of housekeeping as we have mentioned before we do have our streamer spotlight series coming up here in just a few weeks we have some streamers lined up and we are working on the scheduling and we will let you guys know who's coming and when when we get that all finalized and we are uh, still open for some more streamers coming in in uh, this batch maybe in future batches as well so if you guys have any streamers that you'd like us to talk to any gaming personalities let us know let them know that you let us know and we'll let them know that you let us know that they let you know yeah you nailed that i thought for sure right when you started i knew where you were going with this and i was like oh god please don't butcher this you nailed it good for you i know it's because the it's because the Vizzy hasn't hit me yet. It's, this uh, podcast is not sponsored by Vizzy. Should it be. Could be. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. I mean, look at that. The man loves it. He just downed it. Hey, steep throw to the can. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I don't. I don't get that one. Um. <laughs> threw me off with the deep throwing joke. Um. YouTube. This is going up on YouTube as <laughs> the rest of our episodes. I have. almost, I all the the silence made me want to make a Cromartie's baby mama joke when you said open wide. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yikes! <laughs> I really hope Philip Rivers' wife is having C sections because whoof, yikers! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's probably a reason why he overthrows balls. <laughs> balls wide open. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Hey, fuck Ethan Hawke, right? Yeah, fuck Ethan Hawke. <laughs> Fucking stooge, dude. Now there uh, is a hawk that we can all get behind. That's AJ Hawk. It's true. AJ Hawk can come on the pod whenever he'd like. Ethan Hawk. Well, Probably not. And he can fornicate with something that rhymes with his last name. <laughs> nice, <laughs> dude. AJ Hawk, let's let's get on the let's get on the pod, smoke cigars together. Heck yeah, that'd be badass with his giant ass fucking flamethrower. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, <laughs> things dope. But uh, as always, this episode is up on YouTube. So if you are seeing this on YouTube, thank you. We appreciate you. And if you like the content, feel free to hit that like the share and the subscribe buttons leave a comment let us know what games are you excited for are there any games that we missed any games that we didn't talk about in as much detail as you'd like let us know down in the comments and make sure to smash that bell so you know when our next episode is up and maybe we'll talk about things in a bit more detail um if we are If y'all are listening on one of the streaming services we are on, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, did I say Spotify already? Uh, Spotify, um, Stitcher, 
and we're still working on the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also hit the subscribe button if you enjoyed. Leave us a rating, and uh, you will be notified when we put out our next episode, which is coming out on Friday. Yeah, yeah. And if you're looking for even more Mashing Joys po- content than that, we applaud you, and we can tell you exactly where to find it on Facebook, Mashing Joys, the page on the platform, and as well at Mashing Joys on Instagram and Twitter. We are there. We are happy to chat, and we are also happy to post our thoughts on the many things going on and coming out in the gaming industry. Um, one thing that's going on in the gaming industry that I just wanted to talk about, and not necessarily in the industry, just in like video games with shitty people, uh, fucking just shitty racist people that we just beat the shit out of in Rocket League. Facts. Fuck those two in particular. There's, Fuck there's those one, guys. There's one thing, you know, we're, we're, we're jokesters. We play around. We like to have fun. Uh, but if you want to bring racism into it, um, we'll either do one of two things. One, we will make you look like complete assholes. Or two, we will shut you down quicker than bringing a gun into an airport. Very true. We're the TSA of racism. Facts. Gaming racism. Especially yeah. Rocket League. Now, I, I mean, I'll say it right here and right now. If someone's going to be racist in front of me, I'll punch you. I'll, I'll give you the one, too. But, yeah, that that this isn't an ultimate fighting podcast. This is a gaming podcast. So uh, just don't be a bag of shit. Don't say racist shit. There's, it's 2020. There's no fucking place for it here <laughs> or anywhere. <laughs> so with that being said, <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in to – uh, another wonderful episode episode number five the best number in the world second best nice <laughs> <laughs> and uh we look forward to having you all back for episode number six on friday Dang. so thank you guys for tuning in as always i have been cody and i am still jason and this has been mashing joys episode five Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, be safe out there. Wear your fucking mask. Don't be a racist pile of shit. Eat your vegetables. And most importantly, just have a good day, you guys. Thank you very much. See ya!